When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey. If you hate Phil, I'm fine with that. If Phil's a first-class jerk, if he's an ass and that's how you feel about it, that's fine. Judd Zolgad. Has he become that crusty? I think, I think he's always been. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Doogie's in here from Channel 5 Eyewitness News, KSTP.com, and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find big-time interviews every week, uh, inside information in long form. Doogie, welcome to the program here on a Thursday. Good morning, Appreciate gentlemen. It. My most recent Scoop Podcast was recorded on Tuesday. I got deep Judd into hockey with Ben Hankinson, Octagon agent, former gopher. I was there a last cup of night. coffee in the NHL. Yeah, he helped create the Beauty League. Yep. Nice. But he was phenomenal. Trust me, it had nothing to do with my line of questioning. <laughs> he was phenomenal on Paul Martin's future, Brock Besser potentially signing an extension in Vancouver, yeah. Jake Gensel potentially signing an extension in Pittsburgh, these Nick Bukestead to the Wild trade rumors, which I don't think the Wild are trading for Bukestead, but the Wild have talked to Florida. About Bukestead, so he was so good. Really interesting on some topics unrelated to okay. the beauty league. Yeah. Speaking of, are, are you hearing anything about the Wild as far as potential trades? Because we talked about that in hour one today. And you know, Dukes, I went from believing that there would be some type of Zucker or Nino trade at some point around the draft or shortly thereafter. To now, I'm not going to be shocked if there is a trade, but uh, but the approach is different than I expected. Is there any speculation about that? Well, I mean, I can tell you what Ben told me, that that whether it's perception or reality, but he knows Paul Fenton well enough that there's a feeling that the team needs to get tougher, that they're just not tough enough. But he also said teams are trying to rip Paul off. They're still trying to rip Paul off. Sure. You know, but Paul is still very much close to the vest. He doesn't talk to many people, certainly not in the media. You know, so he keeps a lot of things in house. You know, he's told others in that organization, don't talk, don't do interviews. So, I mean, he's a closed book. That organization is a closed book. Ownership used to leak some stuff. They're not leaking stuff, at least not right now, maybe in a few months, but not right now. So hard to decipher, but I guess I would not be surprised. I mean, you said it, you would not be shocked. I would not be shocked either if if eventually here they do make a trade. The baseball trade deadline is less than three weeks away. Brian Dozier is heating up. I think we're headed toward the inevitable Brian Dozier two to three month hot stretch, which he gives you every year. If the Twins can leverage that in a trade, that would be advantageous. The Brewers are lacking healthy middle infielders right now. Um, so I, there, there was uh, something floated yesterday by John Morosi. The Brewers are talking with the Twins That's about legit. Escobar and Dozier. What else are you hearing? What's possible here? Who's well, available? Is everyone available? Yeah, I mean, I talked to Thad Levine. He's also on the podcast and certainly talked to Thad both on camera, on microphone, 
also off camera, off microphone, and he was only going to volunteer so much. But but clearly they are open for business. I've said this before. I'll reiterate it now. They are not married to any one player on the roster. That includes Jose Barrios. That includes Eddie Rosario. Now, do I think they're trading Barrios? No. Do I think they're trading Rosario? No. But they are incredibly open-minded to many possibilities. So clearly... These guys, all these guys on expiring contracts, Zach Duke, go up and down the list, Fernando Rodney, Brian Dozier, Eduardo Escobar, they are very open-minded to trading those guys. I will be surprised, put it this way, I will be surprised if they don't end up trading multiple guys. Not just one, I think they make multiple deals. What do you think, okay, so if Dozier is moved here, let's say he's moved to uh, the Dodgers or Brewers, Doogie. Or the Red Sox, the Red Sox have some Or Red Sox, who don't have a ton to give. But what do you think is is the realistic return? Because, you know, I think fans hear this and say, oh, that's great, you're going to trade Dozier and you're going to get a top prospect. And as Phil and I discussed before the show, you know, probably the top three prospects in most organizations you're not going to get. So what's what's a realistic return for the best the Twins potentially have to offer as the deadline approaches? I think you're looking at a B, B-minus type prospect. I mean, depending on how stacked an organization is. Like, the Red Sox are not stacked. No. So you may end up getting, according to Baseball America, the Red Sox fifth best prospect. But if he was in the Brewers system, for example, he might be 12th or 13th. You're not getting it. You're not getting a top three type prospect. The thing the Twins need to weigh now for a while, I thought, no, you don't extend him a qualifying offer. But now with this recent hot stretch, presuming because we've seen it how many years where he goes through a four to six to eight week stretch where he's kicking butt. Mm -hmm. So he might do this now for another few weeks. You have to weigh, okay, do we extend him a qualifying offer, which would be approximately $17.5 million. So it's entirely possible he would say yes. So you would have Brian Dozier on this team next year at $17.5 million. Again, on an expiring contract, you have to weigh that. And if he then ends up signing a multi-year deal, like I know the Angels like Dozier. They're out of the playoff mix, it appears. Ian Kinsler is a free agent. His agent is based out there. The Angels are a team to watch this winter. Hmm. They're willing to spend some money. Not that Dozier's going to break the bank. But I can just tell you, the Angels have liked Dozier for some time. So you have to weigh if... If you're Dozier, do I take the one-year $17.5 million offer? Do I say no, bank on a three-year 33 to 36 to $38 million offer? You know, But if you're the Twins, do you extend the qualifying offer? Like you trade so these him, are yeah. all things you, you have to weigh. You trade and them and you eliminate this If you end up getting a draft pick, how does that draft pick compare to the type of prospect you can get? But I can just tell you, yeah. I think they end up, and no guarantees. I'm not going to sit here and guarantee trades but but if the right offer comes along it might not even have to be close to the right offer if it's in the ballpark of the right offer i think they end up moving dozier and my guess is they're going to try and handcuff one of their pitchers to him too like the brewers need some pitching help the brewers don't sure. have a great starting staff not mm-hmm. that lance lynn helps you but yeah but I they mean, had some interest you, in lynn in free agency so yeah could it be lynn plus dozier going to milwaukee yeah i mean could you this is where gibson comes in too because gibson's 30 he has a year and a half left so a team could trade for Two stretch runs of Gibson plus all of next year included with that. Um, if if you're the Twins and you don't think he's a long term guy, are you more likely to trade him in the next three weeks so that you can leverage his value? I mean, though. Listen, do I think they are actively shopping Kyle Gibson? I don't. Would I bet on a Kyle Gibson trade right now? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. But I'm just telling you, they are very very open minded. And would Mauer, the teams would Mauer say yes? If the, if if, well, if if they had a trade lined up, with I heard Mauer, you guys talking about this yesterday. 
I need both of you to help me with this. Why the bleep would the New York Yankees want Joe Maurer? Well, Greg Bird hit a grand slam last night, which helps. But their first and he was base pretty situation, good in the postseason last year. But but he's he's a he's always hurt. He's off to a slow start since he came back. Tyler Austin's in the minor leagues. Neil Walker was playing first base. He's hitting like a buck twenty. So they don't have a lot there. It's, okay. it's Greg Bird or Bust, and he's been hurt for his whole career. It actually that's makes fair. It, it actually makes some right, sense. That's fair. Yeah. It does then make they some aim sense. higher than Joe Maurer. Yeah, they're aiming for Mike Moustakis. So, so he's not their first Their choice. farm system is so stacked, they can do better than Joe Maurer. Plus, sure. if you're the Twins, is it worth the PR hit? Now, heck, there's enough people anti-Joe, or maybe I'm overrating the PR hit. Plus, how much money is he due the rest of the year? So if oh you're the God, Twins, is it worth eleven million dollars? Is it worth uh, trading him, taking some sort of PR hit while tossing in what, you know what eight nine million dollars? But Duke, just to get a a fringe prospect, but, but I Dukes, I would be surprised. Here's the key thing: if it was a PR hit that that came from your fans saying, "How could you do this to Joe?" I get it, but this is an opportunity for Joe. This is an opportunity to say, "Joe, do you want to ring? Do you want to win? We're going to give you on a silver platter. We're going to present you a chance." To go spend a few months. Your wife's pregnant. You got the twins. I get all that. And if we were trading you with three years left, we look like jerks. But we're not. We're going to give you a few months to go finish your career, possibly, and the chance to get a ring. The twins are offer. It's an olive branch. I would. I. I think the twins. I could go to Target Field right now and type up the press release and look like a saint for doing this. Well, and I mean, heck, if it ever got to that point, yes, that would be the public message that hey, Joe has his ten and five rights. He had the opportunity to veto the trade. He wanted this. But I'm just telling you, especially with the money, how do you make the money work? Yeah, he's due. In what way? He's due what? From this a, point 11, on, $11 million. about $11.5 million sure. the rest of the season. Yeah. Who's eating that money? Well, so if you're the Twins, well, you would have to send. But they're eating it anyways. How much anyways. would you have to send? $8 million, $9 million? But they're eating it anyways, right? I mean, they're... The Twins are going to pay him the rest of the season no matter what. So and if another team wanted to probably take... probably bring him back in a part-time role next year at one year, no, no, four no, or five no, million. No, 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 Not that you could no, do that no, anyway. Dude, dude, no, 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 no. No, the olive branch, what you're doing... This is allow, This is an 18-year-old kid about to go to college. If you're a parent and you squat on that kid and say, I want you to go to the University of Minnesota because you're not going to leave our house because we love you too much, you're a jerk, okay? What this is, is this is a preemptive strike. This is saying, Joe, we want you to go. And we're going to allow you to go. We're going to get a prospect back, but it's not its not going to be great. But more importantly, Joe, we want you the chance to win a World Series. And you don't bring him back then. No, this, this severs the tie now and makes you look like the good guy if you do it right without the winter of, are you bringing Joe back? Yeah. No, I, am I don't thi- think you bring him back at this I point. I don't either. But the point is, I'm thinking of all sides involved, especially for the Twins, the best way to present this. And by the way, Joe wants to play another year. I mean... He could change his mind in two months. Heck, he could suffer another concussion I, for all we know. And I think he should have As we sit here today, I can just tell maybe. you, my sense is from others is that Joe wants to play at least one more year. I think year. Phil's on, on board here, too. I think this makes a lot of sense. I, I think, think if him, you could figure out the money, the I'm not saying I wouldn't trade him. I'm just telling you, as I sit here in this chair, I don't sense anything is even remotely close that they've gone to his agent. To him to say, hey, are you willing to waive the, the no trade? The fad quotes to Derek Wetmore were very interesting. I'll put it that way. Well, I'm just no. telling you. I mean, if it got to that point, and maybe they will eventually, because I'm telling you, they would trade anybody on that roster. So with Joe Maurer being an expiring contract, yes, if some team yeah. had interest in Joe, I'm telling you, they absolutely would trade him. Uh, okay, let's. But I'm just saying there would be a little bit of a PR hit. I do believe Doogie's with us. It's our scoop session. So it seems like at least for the last couple of weeks since the Joe Cowley piece came out that things have settled a little bit on Wolves drama in the media. 
Towns is back in town. What are you hearing behind the scenes right now? Wolves at Summer League, uh, by the way. I've been watching Josh Okoye quite. If he could shoot, he'd be one of the best players in the Summer League. He, he can, can defend, defend he though. can block shots. He, he's energy guy. Uh, but in terms of Tom Thibodeau, Scott Layden, the key pieces here, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, are you hearing anything new? Where do things stand? Well, I mean, I know that Carl Anthony Towns, even going back to the second week of May, has been looking at houses to buy. He's been renting, is my understanding. In Los Angeles? Yeah, in the West Metro. Okay, the good. West Metro of New York, here in the Twin Cities, <laughs> with and I'm telling you, the Miami to great. buy no longer rent. He said his girlfriend along. In fact, there was one house that I heard that he maybe some trepidation, but the girlfriend really liked. So if you're looking at buying a house, there has to be a belief that, and I'm making a little bit of a leap here, but you believe that you'll be here for the foreseeable future. That being said. Okay, so he's looked at houses going back to the first and second week of May. It is now July, what, 12th? Why hasn't he pulled the trigger on buying one of these houses? Maybe Glenn Taylor needs to sit him down and look him in the eye yeah, and see if he really wants $150 Logically speaking, guys don't turn down max money off of their rookie contracts. I'm telling you, go back and look. You find me one example. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. When guys change teams, it's after they finish that first Big contract. Yeah, get so that you go money rookie in the contract, bank. you get that first big contract, then it's when guys change teams. Like Paul George forced his way out of Indiana. There's any number of examples when guys then yeah. then force their way out. But he's not turning down five years, $187 million. God, Am I uh, c- correct in saying that it does seem like the message uh, in, in the past few days when uh, Tibbs and Layden have gone on NBA TV or ESPN as well, their quotes are very much Jimmy Butler's great and we love Jimmy, but oh, let's yeah. talk about Cat. So so that tells me though that there is that that this the repair <laughs> that needs to be done is definitely there. Like oh, it's I, not a figment yeah, of exactly. our imagination. Guy, how, how's Jimmy's knee feeling after uh, you know missing some games? His knee's feeling great. You know whose knee is really good though is Carl Anthony Towns. I'll tell That's you. basically what Layden did. <laughs> I mean, he is just <laughs> They echo each other. Seriously. I mean, they talk before they do these interviews. Hey, let's just make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, let's praise you know, Cat. We're talking about the same bullet points. I'm telling you, they go over that. Nearly verbatim. Here's what we need to say. We know what questions are coming. Here's what we need to say. So we're on the same page. We're saying the same thing. But yeah, there's certainly some, however you want to term it, damage control, whatever, that needs to take place. But I'm just telling you, guys don't turn down max money. So Carl Anthony Towns will sign that deal, whether it's in two days, four days, eight days. His agent, Leon Rose, has done a number of these deals. He did Joel Embiid. I think he just did Devin Booker as well. Leon Rose knows what he's doing with the deal. So it'll get done. I don't think it'll be like the day before. The deadline. Wasn't that last year with Andrew Wiggins? It was like a yeah. day before. Well, it sat there. It this like deal September. will get done before then. But whether it gets done in four days, three days, nine days, 18 days, 28 days, no. it's going to get done at some point this summer. On Jimmy Butler, there's no reason for him to sign a four-year, $110 million extension when he can make millions, tens of millions of dollars more waiting a year from now. Now, I get it. He's been injury-prone. Would you like that long-term security? I mean, it's hard to turn down when it's sitting there in front of you. One hundred and ten million. Cousins turned it down, but I think he turns it down. Yeah, I mean, there's no sense that Jimmy is signing an extension this summer, so he will play this thing out. To me, what's fascinating is there's no belief that Tom Thibodeau will trade Jimmy Butler, and who knows? Maybe Tibbs. I mean, he doesn't reveal anything to any of us, but maybe Tibbs deep down really feels like or knows that a year from now Jimmy will resign. That Jimmy will take the big money from here. But you need to have that conversation at some point, right? Like Paul George and his agent Aaron Mintz went to the Pacers. Rip them all you want. They went to the Pacers. They were 
right there in their faces saying, hey, we're leaving in a year. You guys do what you need to do. And it turned out Kevin Pritchard of the Pacers made a genius trade getting Oladipo and Sabonis. But I'm just saying, if you're Tibbs, you need to have that conversation. Jimmy, what are you thinking? And Especially if, if this is your chance to get a Brandon Ingram and you and you whiff yeah, on it. And if there's any reluctance whatsoever, you have to trade him. Yeah, You do, I agree. but totally he's agree. not going to trade him. <laughs> he's just not. Because he's not thinking about I don't, the Seriously, big I don't picture. think enough people are talking about that storyline. I really don't. Oh, we, we hammer maybe, it on this show. I know yeah, you guys do, but it. just collectively, even, you know... Well, the but, Wolves Facebook page and Reddit but, and but Dukes, this goes, this, Twitter and all that. I just don't think enough people. Dude, he, maybe it's because we just all know that Tibbs isn't trading Jimmy. Goes back, but we need to find an answer. This goes back to a dysfunction that that Timberwolves fans and faithful don't really want to discuss. Because it's not just the Butler thing. It's the complete dysfunction. You have what, what I just said is you have the president of basketball operations and coach and GM on national TV, Summer League Basketball telecast, sucking up to the young star player because the young star player probably doesn't want to sit down with them in person because he's sick of hearing this crap. This is this is a level... I don't know about that. They'll but, sit down. Okay, they will sit down, but my point... Yeah, I'm, my, I'm but, confident they'll sit but, down. But my point is you shouldn't feel the need on these brief one-on-ones, hey, we're joined by Tibbs now, and it's Summer League, and you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you shouldn't feel the... Tibbs shouldn't have to feel the need to suck up the cat, but but he does. This is a general dysfunction that surrounds this franchise that I feel like people don't really want to address, and so you got a lot of people being like, well, that's a typical of Sports Talk Radio. No, I think it's a, I think it's a legitimate dysfunction, and I think it's starts with one person, and that's the guy that owns the team, and that dysfunction's been there for a long time. And Glenn still won't talk. I've tried again. Well, he's probably... Now, he was in Vegas. He didn't look the healthiest, but I imagine that he's okay. I mean, he could do an interview, as far as I know, can tell, but he it's great, not just me. Others have tried, yeah, but, I sat but by Glenn him. Taylor has I sat gone by silent him at the game last for week. nine weeks. He looks great. That's I, unlike Glenn Taylor. Um, hey, we have to go in like a minute here, but just give us rapid-fire uh, f- football-related scoops. We'll, uh, empty the bag here. Mitch Leidner, former Viking former gopher, is now retired. He played in that league a few months ago that Johnny Manziel was in down south. Manziel's now in the Canadian Football League. Dave just lost to write that down point from like a year and a half ago. Yeah, right he's... What did say? He's retired, Dave. would get another yeah. job in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, what if he gets a front office job? He's so darn tough, the injuries are just... They've caught up to him. So, I mean, he'd like to still play... But when you're dealing with brain injury after brain injury, multiple brain injuries, well, and sometimes it's time people just get done playing football because they're not that good to, to walk continue away. playing. Yeah, but he could play in Canada if he wanted to, or he could have kept playing in that league down south. Johnny so. Manziel can't even play. Leidner so walking away. Yeah, he'll eventually get on the field though. Mm-hmm. I was with Max Williams, former Gopher, the pride of Waconia, Ravens tight end this morning. You know, he's looking good, feeling good. He's entering a contract year. You know, I mean, he's. He's welcoming, you know, the competition. The Ravens went tight end in the first round. They went tight end in the third round. You know, so the pressure's on Max more than ever. If he can just stay on the field, he's shown some flashes of brilliance. The stats won't pop out at you. He has missed 17 games the last two years. So there's been an extra emphasis this offseason on trying to find a way. I mean, some injuries are, you just, you can't avoid them, but, but there's been a focus on, on durability, just staying on the field. I mean, if Max Williams can play 16 games, you know he's probably going to put up some decent numbers. Cool. Doogie, find his podcast anywhere you would download them. Uh, Apple Podcasts, 1500ESPN.com. Roy Smalley in like 10 minutes. Scoop post-game show when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And don't come back.
until you've redeemed yourselves. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and John. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? It's <laughs> pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. Bruce Brown. Nice little in-and-out dribble. Not enough sauce, so Kogi with the block. Handle is... 6% is still pretty good. Off the Smith miss. Here's Bates' job with the finger roll. Ooh, you see that seven foot three wingspan coming into play on that nice finger roll. So I, I, I got to admit, I've been watching some summer league the last couple nights. Yeah, you and, can't miss uh, it. It's on all the time. It is. It's on two channels all the yeah. time. And I'm, I'm in the living room. I think it was last night watching some summer league. And my, my girlfriend walks in the room and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, summer league. She goes, you can't be serious. I was, I was. A Kogi's playing. I was told. I was told Saturday night as I tried to consume the Bulls Pacers game or something like that. I was told, and this does not happen. You can't watch this. <laughs> Bulls Pacers. It was a. Oh, it was the Bulls Eastern and Conference I was, Summer League. No, but, but I was. I was. Why were you it, watching it, Bulls Pacers Summer League? Because there was nothing on. You, you're right. United there was, was nothing getting, on. United was getting drilled by Houston. I was flipping back and forth between a baseball game, Red Sox and Royals, with, with AJ as you don't, the, the do you, commentator. Do you know your Netflix password at home? No, I don't. Okay, Dawn does. I don't. But anyway, the point was the wife. The wife complains, but she's. This is the one of the first times in twenty five years I've been told no, we're not going to watch this. And Good you know what? Her. And she's right. We're Good changing for her. the channel, Judd. But she thought at least I'm watching the Wolves but, first round pick. But here's the key thing: she thought that live PD was on because it was a Saturday night and it wasn't, oh. and so she was very disappointed because so she did you flip to? loves live PD. I think I watched. I told her I'm going to watch the rest of the soccer game, and then I flipped her the controls and left the room. Well, wow, so you, you, you made her sit through. And you made her sit it. through an MLS game that she probably didn't want to watch either. I'm concerned about our club and stoppage time. I'm concerned about our club, and I'm concerned about the gaffer, and I grow more concerned. I'm by concerned the, about your marriage by the day. Oh, don't <laughs> you left know. the room all upset? No, I wasn't upset. No, Sounds no, no. Like you were upset? No, 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 no. Flip her the remote and she, walk out. Saturday night. And Fine, you watch what you up. want. I'm out. She watches a lot. Zolgad out. <laughs> Zolgad, Zolgad colon wife watches bad TV. <laughs> oh my God. That's my next column. It wasn't a problem. I just. Didn't a lot of times she watches stuff I don't want want to watch. So I love, but anyway, this is this is one of the first time in twenty five years I've been told you can't watch this. Yeah. And Phil, what was your reaction to the gal? Um, well, I think the interaction was, yeah, I am serious. I said I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching the the two draft picks. I said this game will be over in like ten minutes. It was late in the second half, and then we can get back to our regularly scheduled Netflix binging. <laughs> All right. It was it was it was a compromise. I mean, it wasn't like Judd, which is oh, I'll just flip you the remote and then storm off to my office. I didn't storm. I didn't storm. It was off. a healthy compromise. I, so I just want to watch Okogi. Okogi uh, can't make a jump shot, but he's amazing at everything else. So he'll get ten to fifteen minutes with the Wolves. I'm sure. Uh, this Bates Giop is uh, is that how you pronounce Bates? Diop. Bates Jop. Bates Jop. Jop. Yeah. I think we're going D- Jop now. Yeah. D I O P. Right. The D I part kind of transforms into like a jet, kind of a D- Bates Jop sound. Okay. Say it All fast. Right. Uh, he could play a little bit too, uh, but honestly, it's crazy watching Okogi because he looks exactly like just in terms of like his size and even the hair a little bit. He's Jimmy Butler, but hasn't quite developed the offense yet. But he's the most energetic guy on the court. He's one of the fastest guys on the court. He can jump through the arena ceiling. I mean, he'll get beat in the half court. There was a, there was one last night where he gets beat off the dribble, 
Mm-hmm. And for most guys, it's like, oh, well, I got beat off the dribble. Now I'm screwed. Now I'm just going to loaf back on and hope for a an outlet pass. He recovers and swats the guy's shot away as he goes up for a lay. Stuff like that. He's right away. He's ready to play in the NBA right away. So that's what I learned watching summer Is league. Is Tibbs going to play him? That becomes I don't think the key so. question. I, I think he's going to, yeah. It, it's a myth that Tibbs never plays young guys because he will play some young guys. He played Tyus Jones plenty the he last couple Dunn of years. He played some. Yeah, he played Chris Dunn quite a bit. You know, maybe not right away all the time, but he'll. I bet you Okogie plays, and then I bet Bates Jop comes in at some point after the first month or two. That's my guess. But I'd rather watch Netflix. What'd you watch? Uh, we finished up the. Um, there's a Discovery Channel documentary that's now converted to Netflix. Yeah. About the Unabomber. Oh, really? It's awesome. What's it called? It's. I think it's called Manhunt. The story of the Unabomber oh, or something. I'd like and that. And it's not I a like documentary. Like it's it's a documary, but it's like actors. One of those deals. Okay. Kind of like, like the um the Versa- the, yeah, the Canaan one of the yeah, the Versace That one. was actually pretty good too. It's just like that, except Discovery Channel produced it. So and it's it's man- awesome. Manhunt? It's about how they used uh forensic linguistics. Oh good. Or okay. linguistic forensics to uh they, they basically they okay. found the patterns in his writing and it focuses on the FBI agent. Who was able to track him down? Just look, it, it's it's really good. I'd like this. It's worth the watch. Unless okay. there's a Bulls Pacers summer league game. I was just trying to do my job, just trying to do my job so I could come in on Monday and uh, discuss the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls. You think that's part of your job? Anytime I'm watching sports and she asks, I say that. I say I got to do it for my job. You know what? Before the show's over, let's give Judd a chance for three minutes. Let's see if he can go three minutes talking about Bulls Pacers summer league game. Okay. I can tell you about who was there. I can tell you about the excitement, the, sh- the, the shirts the guys were wearing, very nice before, Hawaiian shirts. Before the show's over, this will happen. Uh, Roy Smalley joins us when we come back here. When we do watch sports, or even when we watch Netflix, for our job. it's on a TC, or not for our job, or just because we want to be entertained and unplug. You could do any of these things on a TCL TV, 55 inches of 4K glory in our studio. You get access with the built-in Roku device, to thousands, 4,000-plus streaming channels and 450,000-plus movies, TV show episodes. So when uh, Judd complains about, oh, there's nothing on, you never have that problem with a TCL TV. I don't know why he hasn't jumped in yet. I mean, you the problem with a TCL TV is there's too many things on. There's too many options sometimes. I mean, there's five things that I want to watch right now because I have access to all these platforms uh, without any external devices or cables. And obviously the picture quality is uh, is top-notch. You can find TCL TVs in any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. And uh, you can also just go to TCLUSA.com uh, to find out for yourself and experience what we experience. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Now. Now. With former twins great turned FSN analyst Roy Smalley. All right, Mackie and Judd, Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North analyst, and uh, our colleague Patrick Royce wrote a wrote a column about this gentleman today with a lead that went back to what was it early night? What was the date that he went back to, Judd, on the lead? Oh. Virginia in like the early 1900s. Patrick's or column begins in the southeastern Virginia in the year 1607. 1607, okay, uh, but he tied it in Roy Smalley with Jake Cave who has been uh, kind of a breath of fresh air for the Twins, you know, looking to fill outfield spots with Buxton out. What do you make of Jake Cave? Do you think he's, is is he a starter at some point long-term? Is he just kind of a guy who's hot right now? What do you think of him? 
I think he's a big league player. Uh, whether he is the uh, is a starter on this Twins team, um, you know, uh, long term, I, I, it's too early to tell. Um, he, he's uh, kind of a classic uh, left-handed hitter. Looks to me like low ball, uh, low ball hitter, uh, but very accomplished at, uh, at at that. And and you can uh, you can do very well for yourself being a left-handed hitter and uh, in the American League with that. Uh, you know, can handle right-handers well and can go get the ball in the outfield. We've seen that. We've seen that too. So I think he's a big league player. I think if you know, is he a is he going to be a better player than Byron Buxton or Max Kepler? That uh, yet to be seen. Right. What, what type of things with a guy like Jake do you look for as well to say to to yourself? Okay, he's doing this well now, but the feeling is that eventually adjustments will be made to him, as opposed to as opposed to seeing a player and saying he's got enough here that when adjustments are made, he'll still be successful. I, again, I think it's a little too early to tell. Uh, the the adjustment that uh, is going to be made uh, with him is to see. Uh, as I alluded to, I mean, can he handle the ball belt high, fast, big league fastballs belt high and above on a on a, uh, uh, a consistent basis? And um, you know, there's two ways to combat that. If you're the hitter, if you're a low ball hitter, uh, then we have to do one of two things. You either have to change your swing so that you can handle you know high fastballs. Or you have to have the discipline to be able to lay off of those until you get two strikes and, and make them get the ball down to you. And that generally works pretty well for good left-hand hitters if they can have that kind of discipline. We've seen es- uh, Eduardo Escobar uh, do that in the last year and a half uh, where uh, you, know, you, you can have an image of him swinging and missing high fastballs, and he's just laid off of those you know, better now. And mm-hmm. you know, Guys can throw the ball up there. Uh, pretty well in the big leagues, but they can't do it every pitch. And you take those pitches, and you get you know some of them called balls, and you get to two and zero, oh and he comes in, and and then you get the ball you want. So a lot of left-handed hitters have made a living that way, and and um, I, I would I'd be surprised if there's something an awful lot more to the uh, to to Jake Cave's swing. He looks he looks pretty solid to me. You never know, but that I, I think is that's what comes to mind. Give me your thoughts and theory uh, on why so far into his career, Roy, that Dozier still has these these highs and, and lows because it looks like he's becoming hot again. But it is it is remarkable, I think, this far into a guy's career when when you look at the arcs of his halves that they can be so drastically different on such a a consistent basis. I guess is the word. My personal opinion is that. Um, um, one of the, um, the that a comment that Josh Willingham made to Brian Dozier was that it was one of the worst things could possibly be said to that young man when he said, "Hey, look, the shortest distance between home plate and the seats is the, is is to your pull field, right? I mean, you know, why hit the ball to center field and, or right center? It's harder to hit it out there. You know, hit the ball in the seats to left field and." Willingham made a, a pretty good career out of out of, out of doing that, a, a, a fine career as a home run hitter. Brian has more talent than that to be. He could be a 300 hitter uh, if he used the whole field, and uh, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to hit the ball uh, in the seat to left field, and he's done that with regularity. I mean, he's. How can you not? He's hit 40 home runs, you know, and he's hit 30 home runs, and and he can he can do that. But what happens is when you're trying to hit the ball to your pull field all the time, 
you can go long stretches. Uh, that hitting the ball to your pull field, you know, 380 to 420 feet, requires perfect timing, and it's hard to have perfect timing in the big leagues all the time. And you can go a long time. In this case, a half a season. Uh, almost, and as a matter of fact, for two or three years now, a half the season, and just and not quite have it. And and what I've noticed about Brian is that he's this year, as in past years, when he's you know not you know in one of these hot streaks, or when he is slumping a bit, is that for the most part he's missing pitches that he he normally he'll foul off or pop up pitches that he has when he's hot he hits in the seats, and that's you know that's the difference between um, you know. 270 or 80, and a few, you know, a few more home runs, and 220, like like he's been, and so it's just a decision that a, that a hitter makes, and you know, I hope that Brian catches fire again and gets that timing down. I mean, he could have a 25 home run second half. I mean, we, we've seen it happen. Uh, one of the key elements to the Twins not having the the offensive production this year certainly has been has been uh, has been Brian, and if if he gets it hot. He's uh, gets hot. He's one of those guys who can carry a ball club, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hitting the ball in the seats to left field. That's what he wants to do. Uh, Roy Small, I, I have kind of a, I guess this question kind of fits, but it's more of just a random observational question based on your time around the game. I would think that being a major league hitting or pitching coach would be a really tough position to be in because you, you're you're mostly getting professionals who've been fully formed to some degree throughout a minor league system, and maybe you're more of a psychologist than you would be at a lower level. Uh, but then there's mechanical things that go into it. What, what do you think just in general goes into being a major league hitting and or pitching coach by and large? Well, the most important thing is to um, pick a team that has uh, Mike Trout on exactly, and, and be that hitting coach. You know, I, mean, uh, I want to be the hitting coach for the New York Yankees. Um, uh, it, 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 that's the worst job in, in worst coaching job in baseball. There's no question in my mind that being a hitting coach is the absolute worst job. You work your tail off. You do all kinds of things behind the scenes, looking at video of not only your players but other pitchers. You've got all this data analysis of what pitchers are throwing and how often they throw it and where they're trying to throw it, and you know, coming up with a plan for you know not only your team as a whole but individual guys. And to, to your your point's absolutely right. There's a, it, it's not that easy. What did Nick Faldo say one time about a golf swing? If you want to change uh, some little thing in your swing then by the time you've hit your 4,000th or 5,000th practice ball on the range, you'll probably be getting close to making that change. It's, it's the same way with hitters. I mean, we all have natural tendencies mechanically that, um, that, that we do. And to, you know, if there's a problem there, changing that is not, is not easy. And that's not even talking about guys that are you know have talent or less than less thereof mentally you know to handle the the grind of uh, of of so much failure at at the big league level so you know pitching coach has got to i mean a hitting coach excuse me um it is really almost a thankless job because james rousen for example he had you know he had quote all these guys hitting up a storm last uh, second half of last season yeah and this year, um, evidently he got stupid. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and, and so you say, well, why don't you do with him what you did last year? And it's, it's, a, it, it, in many ways, it's a, 
it's a no-win situation. George fired a bunch during your time, right? Didn't didn't George first the first thing he blamed was either the pitching coach or the guy who was trying to be the hitting coach for the Yankees, right? Yeah, hard to hard to say because uh, I was there for two a little over two and a half years and played for uh, five managers. So it wasn't just the hitting coaches that were taking <laughs> the time when I was there that was that were taking the, the heat from George. Yeah, it is funny though, like you. It's the first thing you think of, which is, oh, wait a second. Well, Byron Buxton's back in the minors. What's James Rousen doing? Well, that's that's a really, really easy you know, outside view perspective that I'm sure a lot of fans have. But some of it might just be, hey, Byron Buxton's got to take 80% ownership of of this four years into his career. Or, or Miguel Sano or Brian Dozier, whatever, whichever hitter we're talking about. There's no question that that's true. The hitter owns at least 80% of it. And, and good hitting coaches can take, um, you know, what a guy does naturally and, and try to, and try to work as best they can around the margins to, you know, to, uh, you know, make, make things a little bit better. But one characteristic of, of players, uh, today, and I'm, I'm not saying this as, you know, a crusty old guy that, you know, says it's not like it used to be. It's, it, it, this is neither positive nor negative. It's just the way it is. The guys are making so much money, uh, now, uh, and, and they're making money having done, you know, doing what got them there in the first place. It's hard to say to a guy, you know, that's not going to work. You know, you can, you got to do it differently when right. a guy can point to, you know, point to some success he's had and point to the amount of money he's made as a result of that success and say, well, why would I, why would I change? I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with, you know, with, uh, with that. And it also depends on a guy's personality. I mean, for me, I look at, you know, I look at certain guys and I look at even, I look at my career and things weren't working. I, I couldn't, I couldn't continue that definition of insanity. I had to, I had to do some, try to do something different uh, because this wasn't, you know, whatever this was wasn't wasn't working. And some guys are of the opposite personality and just say, look, it, it, at some point in time, it's going to click. I'm just going to keep doing what I what I know to do. And those are the kinds of different personalities and mindsets that a hitting coach has to deal with. Right on. Great stuff, Roy. Thanks, we'll Roy. Do it again next All week. Right. See you guys. All right, Roy Smalley Bye. from Fox Sports North. Can we come talk? Come back and talk, talk about his comments about Dozier. Sure, that was really intriguing. And the he, Willingham connection, yes, and the yes, and the connection yeah. of a guy who who was here briefly but might have left a big mark. Phil Mackey. Hey, boys and girls, it's Papa Smurf. He just a little guy. Judd Zolgad. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. Mackey and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Do you have the hottest of hot sports takes? Aren't afraid to share your opinions on the local sports teams? Do you want your own show right here on fifteen hundred ESPN? Answer yes to all of that, and sports uh, sportscaster idol is for you. Fifteen hundred ESPN's sportscaster idol. We're holding a competition to find our next new host. And with the winner receiving their very own show for one year. Start working in your audition. Entries will be accepted starting this coming Monday, the 16th. More details, 1500ESPN.com. A deep drive, left field, hammered and gone. Into the second deck. His first two hits went a total of about 85 feet. And that one went about 385. Doge. So Dozier hit a home run yesterday. I think when we were still doing the show early on in the game, he uh, he actually drove onto the warning track in center field as well, Phil Mackey. Uh, so it looks like he's getting back on track again. 
So this oh, yeah. is what four consecutive years in which he's going to have a phenomenal half, or, or potentially have a phenomenal half of baseball. Yeah. In fact, he has. Let's see here. Since his home run on June twenty sixth, actually, you can go back even further. He he started. He, what did he he hit? Uh, one two three four. Now nah, yeah, June twenty sixth. He's got. So this is the last whatever twenty fifteen twenty games. Yep. A uh, handful of home runs. And the OPS, well over 900. So let's, this is a classic Brian Dozier heating up in the middle of summer. Smalley's breakdown was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Because, you know what? If you do that for two years, let, let's say you have a terrible first half for two years and get hot. You say to yourself, okay, that's the player progressing, and eventually year three or year four, it's going to all come together. But Brian Dozier is well into his career by now, and the track record has clearly become great one half or nearly second half. The Willingham comment that Smalley made, and, and you covered those teams on a daily basis, mm-hmm. is so interesting to me because that is not a compliment and that is not a good thing that that Josh has been gone for, what, at least three years now, if oh, not man. four years probably, yeah. four years? Four, four or five years. Anyway, the point, the point being is if, that, if Willingham's philosophy on hitting is still stuck in Brian's head, that's not a good thing. Yeah, so Brian's one of Brian's top mentors, and Trevor Plouffe too. One of, but specifically Dozier, because they're both kind of southern part of the country, and they'd work out together in the off season a little bit, or they'd they'd connect down in their uh, Louisiana, where I don't know, I can't remember exactly where uh, Willingham lived, but one of Brian Dozier's main mentors coming up when he emerged into the big leagues was Josh Willingham, and you heard Roy Smalley say it because Dozier still talks about it that you know Willingham was a dead pull down the foul line, hit towering fly balls, don't care about opposite field, don't care about batting average or anything like that. You're just here to hit 30 bombs in any way possible. And that's, Do- I mean, Dozier is Josh Willingham. He's got more of a personality. I think he's a better leader. Willingham was very much quiet in the clubhouse. You know, he'd put guy, he'd take guys under the, he, a couple young guys with the twins, he put them under, the, under his wing. I don't know if Josh Willingham being your top mentor is the best thing. I don't think he's a bad guy by any means, but I don't think he, I just don't know if he was around enough winning baseball. And like Willingham's the type of guy that if that was a rock solid organization and they had a bunch of great players and leaders up and down, like if you put Josh Willingham in the Red Sox clubhouse or whatever, uh, or the current Chicago Cubs clubhouse, but in his prime. He wouldn't be the one, the wise sage that all of the the young players gravitate toward, but that's kind of the state of the Twins clubhouse 2000, circa 2012-13, that Ryan Domit and Josh Willingham were two of the main pillars for position players to gravitate toward. I guess my question to Brian, though, would, would be at this point is, because you've certainly had people come to you and, and try to work with you and your approach at the plate since then, why wouldn't you have adjusted your philosophy more? Well, but here's the thing. Brian Dozier... Is going to make millions of dollars. He is. He's making millions of dollars now. He's going to make millions of dollars going forward, because at the end of the season, he hits thirty home runs. He's got fifty more home runs than any other second baseman since he started hitting these home runs five years ago. Sure. So there's in in his mind, and really, you could make a case that like you'll take Dozier on your team. I think for the Twins, it's more about age than it is productivity. Like you would take Brian Dozier on your team. There's nothing wrong with end of season Brian Dozier production. 
you'd like it to be more balanced out so Absol- that it goes away Absolutely for two months. Would. Yes. And you'd like him to be better in clutch situations where he's one of the worst hitters maybe in the history of baseball, late and close. He's like a one ninety five hitter. I think if it's more balanced, he he is he has a, a new th- three year to two four year contract by now from the twins. I really Perhaps, do. but age factors in here. There I don't think this front office is in the business of giving four year contracts to thirty year old guys. Have they done that yet? I mean, they didn't do it this offseason. They they gave one-year deals to Lance Lynn. Uh, I guess they gave a two-year deal to Addison Reed, but he's, he, you know, that's that's different than four years, $60 million, Irvin Santana, Ricky Nolasco. Um, so I'm a little, I'm on the fence with Dozier. It sounds like you're out completely on Dozier. I'm on the fence on Dozier. I, I would trade him. But in terms of Dozier as a player, you'll take the 35 home runs at the end of the year. You'll take that productivity. Well, sure, but the fluctuation does does start to drive you crazy, I would guess. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that the fact that we know that people have gone to him to try and and work with him before and he's listened at times, but he always comes back to to this philosophy. He's going to make a lot. I don't think it it necessarily helps yeah. him. I don't know why he ever gets pitches on the inner half of the plate. I mean, I would throw him Away, away, away. There's no reason to come in on him the unless amazing, he starts you know, jumping out over the outside of the plate. The amazing thing is the bad halves are absolutely awful. Like, they're not, well, that's not too bad. It's not great. And then he, he heats up. The bad halves, like this year, are terrible. Yeah, it's like almost unplayably bad. You're like two, sure. you're sitting at like 212. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree with that. Uh, but whoever has him in the second half, whether it's the Twins or the Brewers, they're going to get like fifteen or twenty home runs in the second half, and a guy who probably hits closer to three hundred. That's yeah. just that's just the that's, reality of Brian no, Dozier. Uh, what does questions have in store for us next, Dave? Very good questions, including one where we have to break down the downfall of Big Papa John. Wow. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Happy, yeah, happy on fifteen hundred ESPN. Pop quiz: What can you buy for three ninety nine? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 